Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. We welcome you along to Wednesday's edition of the programme. Be careful out there. There is a lot of rain forecast for today. And as I mentioned, uh, some areas are at risk of spot flooding. And it was actually on this day 10 years ago that we woke up to a morning where most of Cork was underwater. It was an incredible day and it is hard to believe that it was 10 years ago. The Carrigrahan Road, the Victoria Cross, parts of UCC, the entire Mardike, Washington Street, the Grand Parade, North Main Street, Wandsford's Quay, Lancaster Quay, Sunday's Well and the Sarsfield Road Roundabout were all underwater this morning. 10 years ago. Residents and businesses in the middle parish, they woke up to a metre of water in their homes. We'll remember UCC this time 10 years ago. 29 of the college's buildings were flooded, including the Glucksman uh, Gallery. And then in the county, the large towns, including Bandon, Skibbereen, Clonakilty, Dunmanway and Bantry were all cut off. It was an incredible day. I remember it well. I just find it hard to believe that it's 10 years ago. It seems like that only happened a few years ago. And for people who lived through that, they certainly have very vivid memories of it and nobody, but nobody would want to repeat of it. So it's just uh, interesting today when I saw that there, I know there's a status yellow rain warning for some parts of the country. When I heard about spot flooding, it just brought me back to what happened 10 years ago today, as I say. Slightly different today, but there will be some flood, some at risk of flooding. So do be uh, careful out there. John Paul has taken your calls at 1850-333-103. Text WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Miss Diana Ross is a coming to town. It has been announced that the legend that is Diana Ross is going to play live in the marquee on the 25th of June. She is bringing her top of the world tour to live at the marquee. Diana Ross is considered one of the most successful recording artists and entertainers of all time. And this is not her first time to play live at the marquee. She played here a number of years ago. I meant to check. I'm actually, I must get that checked as to when was the last time Diana Ross played live at the marquee. I was privileged and honoured and I felt privileged and honoured on the night to have been at that gig. It was a wonderful gig. It wasn't a very long gig. She's not on stage for very long, but it was fabulous from start to finish and it's glitzy and it's glamorous and she changes her outfits a couple of times and it's just it's incredible it's, it really is an incredible show now tickets go on sale next Monday 
25th of November 9am you can see ticketmaster.ie if you want to book those tickets I imagine that they may turn up under the Christmas tree for Diana Ross fans this year but in advance of the tickets going on sale we have the first of the tickets to give away on the programme this week we have a pair of tickets today again tomorrow Thursday and again on Wednesday we will play a clip of a Diana Ross song and that will be your cue to call at some stage between now and one o'clock. This is what you're listening out for. One of our best known songs. That will be your cue to call for Diana Ross, okay, at some stage during the programme today, if you would like to win a pair of tickets to see Diana Ross live at the Marquee on June the 25th. And remember, tickets are available from Monday. You can't get them yet. You get them from Monday at ticketmaster.ie. I'm always going on in the run-up to Christmas about telling people if you're buying Christmas cards... We all buy Christmas cards, even though the last time I said we all buy Christmas cards, I had a number of people contact me to say we don't all buy Christmas cards. Patricia, a number of people have given up buying Christmas cards. Uh, One lady was on to us to say she stopped it a few years ago when the stamps went so expensive and she instead makes a donation to charity, which I think is a wonderful thing uh, to do. And she lets family and friends know not sending Christmas cards uh, this year, but I've made a donation to charity. Somebody else says they send emails instead, which is okay if everyone you know and love has an email account but I still think I still like the tradition of receiving Christmas cards and I still like the tradition of sending them and I was mentioning a number of weeks ago if you are going to send Christmas cards this year could you try if not all of your Christmas cards but at least some of them uh, to make sure that they're charity cards there's wonderful charity Christmas cards out there they're delightful and it's a way for charities to make money at this time of year so you get the cards that you're going to have to buy anyway and the charity will get make some money from it and the other thing that you always have to consider buying at the end of the year uh, are, are your calendars for next year if you're somebody now I use I, for a number of years I always use a calendar that has nice squares for each day of the week so and I use it then almost like a diary in the house so everybody can write up everybody in the house who needs to do something write it up on the diary so that people can see in case we need to all do something together can't do that because somebody's booked in to do something else you can put your appointments up and it's a terrific way of keeping a handle on what everybody is doing and where everybody is going so I always like to get charity calendar if I can get my hands on one and again one with nice big boxes and lo and behold arrived in the post this morning the the calendar, the same calendar I'm using this year, I'll be using again next year, but the 2020 edition, and it's the Donkey Sanctuary in Lascara. And the, it's it, it's a beautiful calendar in that it's got gorgeous every month. It's got beautiful pictures of the wonderful, wonderful donkeys that they look after, and the donkey calendar, the Donkey Sanctuary calendars are on sale out of the Donkey Sanctuary in Liscarroll. If you are visiting there, you can pick up one. You can also get them online at thedonkeysanctuary.ie or by calling 0224-8398. They do incredible work looking after those poor, those poor animals. Some of them arrive in the most desperate of conditions and they just look after them so well and they just go on then to live just wonderful, happy lives on the Donkey Sanctuary and they also foster them out to, to people. It's a, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous uh, charity. So thanks to uh, Ashleen O'Sullivan, the PR officer at the Donkey Sanctuary and happy Christmas to all of the gang out there and to all of the donkeys as well. We hope they have a lovely, lovely Christmas. So keep that in mind when you're buying your calendars this year as well. Keep a lookout. There are many fantastic charity calendars 
doing the rounds at the moment. Actually, on the programme later on today, we're going to be encouraging people to get behind a campaign which is uh, called Green Friday and it's to do with trying to turn Black Friday into Green Friday and the idea behind it actually has originated here in Cork I think last year was the inaugural year that they got this going and the hope the hope now is to try and build on it this year and build on it uh, every year thereafter Black Friday is of course it's, it's an American tradition that we've taken on board uh, we have a tendency to do that we have a tendency to look to other countries America in particular and some of the traditions that they have they seem to come across the Atlantic to us. We were only talking about it lately with Halloween, how much, how Americanised our Halloween has gone. Certainly Black Friday. I, and I don't know, is it the last 10, 15 years, 10 years? It's new enough, isn't it, Black Friday? And Black Friday is the day after Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving is the last Thursday in November. So it's a different date every year. So Black Friday then will be the last Friday in November. And it is a huge day in the States when all of their sales kick off and it's just a massive massive day and for a lot of people it's kind of the start of the Christmas shopping season in America sort of a little bit like what our 8th of December once was in this country I don't know if the 8th of December is as big as it always as it once was but certainly many years ago the 8th of December was the big day when the people from the country came into the towns or went to the large cities and it was it was the day when people first really started to think about buying anything for Christmas so kind of Black Friday is a little bit like that but it's got a lot of sales there's a huge amount of sales going on and some shops are already capitalising on it and there's already Black Friday sales going on in advance of the day itself so a couple of little artists and producers decided to get together and they formed this campaign about turning Black Friday into Green Friday and they're going to tell us all about it but the, the genesis of it really is to encourage all of us to shop local and besides just shopping local to try to look at the small independent stores and the little artists and craft producers and give them, you know, they're not saying that you buy every single one of your gifts this Christmas or all of your food from artisan food producers. But if you, if we all just switched some of the money that we're going to be spending this year, it would make a huge, huge difference, not just to that small business, but it also makes a huge difference to the local economy. So we'll talk about that uh, later on on the programme, because, by the way, we don't have Peter Dowdle uh, joining us today. So we'll be looking at turning Black Friday into Green Friday instead. Now, we're going to talk about the NC test and the number of people who are driving around with an out-of-date NCT and the reason that they're, it's out-of-date, they have a new test date booked but they couldn't get one in time for because the, the powers that be would say, well, you left it too late to book it. But anyway, people are saying incredibly busy and wait till we get into January, it'll get even busier because there's so many cars are, were registered in January that we'll need to have NCT. So January is always a very, very busy month. Anyway, we started talking about this uh, yesterday on the programme because a listener contacted us to say, NCT is out, can't get an NCT test date for the test centre that she wants to go to until the middle of December. And somebody had said to her, if you're stopped by the guards, you can get penalty points. Now, she didn't think it was true. She caused her interest. And technically, by the letter of the law, it is true. And it seems to be at the discretion on on guard that she O'Connor. So a guard can stop you and say, you have an out-of-date NCT. And then you'll say, oh, guard, I've got a test date due in two weeks. 
thinking you'll drive away. If the guard that so decides doesn't like the look of you, mightn't be in a good mood, he can decide, well, I'm going to give you an on-the-spot fine. I think it was 60 euro we discussed yesterday and you'll also pick up penalty points. So that in itself is a worry, even though I think the majority of guards will wave you on once you can prove, of course, that you have an NCT booked. But what was more worrying was Tom, one of our listeners, contacting us because he had an incident where his car broke down and he had so to get a recovery truck and he had recovery truck on his insurance premium. If God forbid that was to happen to him, he knew it was covered by insurance, rang the insurance company to say what happened. Girl on the phone said, Tom, when is your, is your NCT in date? And he said, no, 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 it ran out last week and I have a test coming up in a couple of weeks time. She said, sorry, your insurance is invalid. So that's a much bigger worry because if you, God forbid, you're driving around, your NCT is out of date and what happens if you get involved in an accident? Could the insurance company come back and say, well, you've an out of date NCT, we're not going to honour your insurance. So we want to get all of that, get further clarity on all of that with the AA. So we'll be talking about that in a couple of minutes. There's an upsurge in scams in the run up to Christmas. It, now, there's scams seem to be appearing on a daily basis. But this period between now and Christmas, we will see even more of them. So we want to talk through what are the ones kind of doing the rounds at the moment? What do we need to be looking out for? I mean, only yesterday we were heard from a number of people who were getting this text message and call to say they'd won a prize with Boots including one person who said they'd never been inside the door of Boots. They couldn't possibly have won a prize there. And they're clever in that you didn't win the top prize. Most people have won either the second or the third prize. It's kind of dangling you in, getting getting you to get involved. And it's a great big scam and Boots have come out and said it's, it's a scam. So we're going to be talking about the latest scams on the programme. Yesterday saw the National Broadba- Bra- Broadband Plan contract signed. People will say, Finally, finally, finally signed, even though I worried when I read in the paper today that some people saw this as a PR stunt for the by-elections that are going on at the end of the month. And I hope that that's not uh, the case. We need broadband. We need broadband in rural areas. There are parts of this county that have impossible to do anything online when everything has been pushed online these days and it is so so unfair. And it seems we here in Cork, we are going to get the biggest amount of connections to the rural broadband, just thus proving how many people are without broadband at the moment. So we're going to talk about the what got signed off yesterday and the question for people who are listening, who are driving down the road to try to get any kind of a signal in order to even just send an email. They're the ones wanting to know when, how soon is it going to happen. So we'll try to find out about that on the programme today. There is a call from, the, from a Green Party councillor to ban drive-throughs from future developments in the city. Now, do you use a drive-through restaurants? I don't know how many drive-through restaurants there are across the city and county, but is it something you use a lot? Again, this is something we picked up from America. Should we be all saying, yeah, this guy is right, get rid of the drive-throughs, park up your car and walk to pick up your takeaway. How you know how much of an inconvenience is that? Even though I did see a piece online yesterday from a young mother who spends a lot of her time driving around trying to get a small child off to sleep, a child who's not a very good sleeper and goes off to sleep to the movement of the car. Now, a lot of people will identify with that story. How many of us have done that where you put a child into a car and you drive around and then as soon as you pull up the driveway of your house, the child wakes up. Anyway, 
Anyway, if you're one of those, if you've been through that and you can identify with that, uh, and uh, this young mother was saying it's just so wonderful while the child is either falling off to sleep or is falling off to sleep to pull up to the drive through grab a cup of coffee, maybe get something to eat and continue on the journey. So there are pluses to having drive throughs uh, as well. Anyway, and I'm assuming the fact it's coming from the Green Party, it's all to do with the missions. So we will discuss that. And we're going to have cast members from the Everyman Theatre Panto, which this year, by the way, is Jack and the Meanstock, will be joining us in a studio. And I believe they're coming to studio. They normally come to studio in costume. So that would be great. And we're going to actually, I can see the, John Paul is, is, is setting it up here too. But we'll put it on a Facebook Live. So we'll let you know if you're on Facebook, you can get to see the cast in costume as well. All that and more, along with your thoughts and comments, please, throughout the morning, get them into us, 1850-333-103. Text WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Text her, hi Patricia, turning Black Friday into Green Friday would be a wonderful idea and bring back the 8th of December as our big Christmas shopping day in our local towns would be even better. Our local businesses need our, our support, especially towns like Bandon, who have had so many disruptions over these past few years and they are struggling a bad. Yeah, and Bandon was one of the towns when I mentioned the flooding this day 10 years ago and we were talking about that, it being so close to Christmas. But yeah, with all the roadworks that are going on, and a lot of the smaller towns and the main streets in the smaller towns that have those little independent shops, shops that have been there, many of them have been family businesses for many, many years. They really are the ones that we need to uh, support. And I don't know, I know some of the towns do try on the 8th of December to get people in and they'll have offers and, you know, they'll make it as festive as possible. So if you can, whatever budget you have for spending this Christmas, do your best just to transfer some. If you can transfer all of it, please transfer some of it over to your local, particularly those local independent stores, uh, please. And I mentioned buying charity calendars. Column says, Hi Patricia, Merry Christmas to you and your show. Thank you, many happy returns. We're selling the Formoy Hospital calendars in Super Value in Mitchellstown this coming Saturday. We'll be there from 8am in the morning to 6pm and that's thanks to Sean O'Farrell of Super Value. They're fabulous calendars, says Colm, with pictures of many beautiful places around North Cork and they have big squares for each day as well. <laughs> well done, Colm. All of the proceeds are going to the wonderful Formoy Hospital who provide endless, wonderful care to many in the area. OK, glad to give that a plug. So if you're in Formoy, Sorry, no, if you're in Mitchellstown on Saturday, keep a look out for that, the Formoy Hospital calendars. And no doubt they're on sale in and around Formoy as well. And somebody else wants me to give a mention for Baltidania National School um, outside of Mallow. There's a table quiz going on on Thursday, just tomorrow night, 21st of November, Albert Lynch's Bar in Mallow. Starts at 8 o'clock. Tables of four, please, for €40. Euro. All are welcome and there's great, great spot prizes and all of the proceeds going to Balti, Dan- Balti Daniel National School. That's a table quiz tomorrow night in Alberts. Egg foil mock quid then and here is Farlane. Shot eight thrower C103 Air Kirkig. Is there in Devil Yaston Gahiraho Elizabeth Fort? Agasterter Gwicha or Chandos Nasampli is far the Rune Reltahrahoch on Shahtu Hishdiak. Kigger at Togoche Harnablianta. Hogalordon Dun on Giatlaw Ria Fos Lefeshkint. A Togoch a do sporta, Sivlian Shadiak Sahayan. When Saltas Rarkana Untaha Erhaharkri o Ali Nununta. Agas Tog Truss Hunfalum Festaran Duin Agas Nakaharach. 
Leshna Green Graffadoyok the Unkachal Marshin Nofog Gan Selfie Hogan. Nukta Quid Denaneha is Fari Gorkig C103. The number of calls to the programme yesterday when we raised the issue of driving with an out of date NCT cert on the windscreen of your car. To clarify some of the points raised, we've invited Connor Faulkner of the AA to join us. Good morning to you, Connor. Good morning, Connor. Okay, let me just check. Good morning, Connor. Good morning, Connor. Hello. Uh, hi, you're there. Sorry, the wrong, wrong button was pressed down. Uh, you're welcome to the programme. Now, we had a number of listeners yesterday whose NCT is simply out of date, but they have mm. booked a test, but they can't get a test quick enough. So some of them are, you know, within the next two weeks. Some of them are into uh, yeah. December. So what happens if they're stopped by a member from Garda Shikona? Yeah, it's a little frustrating, isn't it? And this arose last year as well, when there was a bit of a backlog at that stage at the NCT. Um, and look, the first thing that I would say is the responsible motorist will not have a problem. If the only reason why you don't have an NCT cert is that you're in the queue, in the waiting list, and you have applied, and you have your docket from the RSA to say that you've applied, then this is going to sound, people will be frustrated hearing me explain this, but it's theoretically possible for a guard to prosecute you because you're not don't have a valid NCT, but I've never known that happen ever. And in fact, the Garda issued some clarification on this last year to the effect that if you have applied for your NCT and you have the receipt to say you've applied, that they won't be prosecuting that offence. Now, if you if you've got worn tires, if there's smoke vomiting out of the back of your car, that's a different thing. Yeah. But if you're a responsible motorist and the only reason why you don't have the NCT is you're stuck in the queue, then as I say. The way our law is written, it's theoretically possible that a bloody-minded guard could could instigate a, a prosecution against you. But I have never, ever yeah, you'd known be, it to happen. You would be the very guard, unfortunate. Yes. And now, unless there's something else going on, as I say, if your tires are worn or there's smoke vomiting out of the back of the car, then that's a different thing. Yeah. But in, ter- but in terms of the honest motorist trying to comply and held up by a delay in getting their NCT, uh, that does not result in prosecutions. It's one of those funny ones. You know, in, in, in law, theoretically, if you read the statute book, it's conceivable you could be prosecuted. I've never known it happen. But so then when, the But when we were discussing that yesterday, and, and I, in fairness, a number of listeners were making that point who were saying, you know, make sure you've got a printout or something on your phone mm-hmm. to say, look, and, and you should be okay. But then Tom, one of our listeners, contacted us. His car broke down. And when he called his insurance company to cover the cost of the recovery truck, which was covered on his insurance, girl at the end of the line said to him, uh, when is, is your NCT up to date, Tom? And Tom said, no, it was actually was out last week and I'm, but I've got a test booked for two weeks time. And she said, sorry, you're not covered because of your out-of-date uh, NCT. Is that common practice amongst insurance companies? Well, I tell you, I mean, I know we're probably best known for our, our car breakdown service, and we certainly would never have a rule. If there is no such rule with the AA. Um, we're, we also sell motor insurance, so uh, people would know that too. There is so no such rule with the AA. It does not affect your motor insurance. Now, if you falsely declare, so in other words, if, if I'm taking out a policy, and I'm you know, buying my policy off the AA website or whatever it is, and one of the questions asked of you is, does your car have a valid NCT? And you say, yes, it does, when the answer is no, it doesn't. In other words, if you deliberately tell a lie, then that's a different thing. If you deliberately tell a lie to an insurance company, then your cover might be compromised. Um, but no, I mean, the circumstance that Tom described there, I not only would that never happen with the AA, I'm actually really surprised to hear that it did happen with any insurance company, particularly when, you know, 
what he was covered for was the toe. Mm. Um, so I, I honestly find that baffling. Now, insurance policies do differ. I know everybody thinks in terms of third party or it's comprehensive. But in fact, you know, each individual insurance policy, they can be different and there's different things that are covered and things that might not be covered. So the individual motorists would need to read their policy. But I find what Tom said to be there to be really, really unusual and certainly would never arise with AA. And, I, you know, I just would be surprised. And I'll tell you, I'd be, be, I'd, be mo- I'd be moving insurance company if it happened to me because well, it, it just seems really... It seems really... Maybe there are other circumstances Patricia, I don't know. Okay. As I say, I, I've had motorists on to me from time to time saying, you know, and I didn't have my NCT search, and that guard was bloody unreasonable. He went ahead and prosecuted me, and it wasn't my fault. And it turns out, you know, that the car was defective. You know, had a broken wing mirror and worn tires. And yeah. say, that's a different thing. That's the guard doing his job. But if you're if, if you're the responsible motorist and you you're in the queue for the NCT and you have applied. I, I know that there's been an NCT backlog periodically and that has caused motor, motorists out, but I've never heard of uh, the guard at, at community level meeting the motorist actually prosecuting the honest motorist in that circumstance. Yeah. It may be theoretically possible in law, but I've never known it happen. But, you know, 500,000 cars, that's the uh, estimated figure, will be due for NCT at the start mm. of the year. I yeah. mean, that obviously always puts a significant amount of pressure on the system at this time of year. It does, because they, and, and the NCT is encouraging motorists to do their test early, which you can do if you apply. But it's because of the quirk of the Irish registration system. Um, you know, a lot, because our, our registration system for many, many years was 1st of January and there was no other date in the year. The new plates was 1st of January. And that had a tendency to pile car sales into the first half of the year. And that bias is still there, but in years gone by, it was really, really severe. So if you consider cars that are 10 years old, the so cars that were bought in 2009, actually there weren't that many, there was a low year for car sales. But, but you know, historically, when cars were bought, a lot of them were bought in quarter one of the year. Mm. And, you know, by, by, by Easter, you know, 80% of, of annual car sales would have been achieved for the year. So that's fine. That's a quirk in the car business. They worked away with it until 2013 when, the, when, when you know, 131 and 132 came in. But that means that now when the NCT is doing its job, they have a huge surge in demand in the first quarter of the year. And they're relatively quiet in quarter three, quarter four. And, and managing that, you know, requires a bit of skill. And they do encourage motorists that you can get, you can apply and do your NCT early, for example. It's three it's, months, it's, isn't it? Up to three yeah, months, yeah. So if you bought, let's say the car that you're driving now was first bought in January of 2010 or whatever it is, which would be a very, very common thing. You can go ahead and, and arrange to get your NCT done now rather than in January, February, when it's very, very busy. And the NCT encourage motorists to do that in order to spread out demand just to, to manage the volumes. And you, listen, that's fine. They're doing sort of sensible and pragmatic things, but they still get caught out. And, um, you know, there are a couple of things that frustrate the system. There are motorists who do NCTs, but they don't make any attempt to prepare the car. They just use the NCT as a diagnostic. So I won't bother spending anything on the car. I let it do the NCT. If it passes, happy days. If it doesn't, should they give me a list telling me what's wrong? And I'll only go and address that list. And there's two things that are wrong with that. Firstly, you're wasting the NCT's time. You're taking up a time slot and you're not going to pass. And that, you know, that means you have to be retested and that takes capacity out of the system and it worsens the delays. So we don't like the behavior for that reason. The other reason is that it encourages people to think of the NCT as the only thing involved with car maintenance. 
that the NCT is a basic roadworthiness check. It does not take the place of maintaining your car properly. So it's a, it's a mistake to say, oh, I don't need to do any safety checks on that car. Should it pass its NCT? But the NCT, you should need to understand what the NCT is and what it is not. The NCT is a simple visual check of the basics of your car. It does not guarantee that your car is safe. It does not mean that you don't have to do maintenance. The, is, is, the analogy is like the dentist. It's certainly a sensible thing to go to the dentist and do a checkup, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you don't have to brush your teeth. Yeah, it, yeah, it doesn't yeah, come to guarantee yeah. that you're not going to have a toothache in three months' time, okay? You have to maintain your car properly. And if you maintain your car properly, then you never need to worry about the NCT. Just do it when it's due and it'll pass. But if you're one of those people who says, I'm not going to bother servicing the car. You know, it's NCT due in a couple of months. I won't do anything with it now. I just put it through the NCT and they'll tell me if it passes or not. And if it doesn't, then I'll look after the reasons why it didn't. That, that, that's a mistake because that's the wrong culture of car maintenance. Um, and also, just from the NCT's point of view, it clogs up the system. So you have a perfectly sound car that really only needed to be tested once, but had to be tested twice because the motorist didn't bother preparing it. And that, as you say, that's one of the half million tests they're going to conduct in the year and it's a bit wasteful. Okay, some questions in from listeners. Eileen and Mallow bought a car in 2017. When is it due for NCT? Is it three years or four years time? Well, if the car is brand new, then it needs its first NCT after four years. After four Uh, years. Yeah, and thereafter every two years going forward. Uh, But if it's over 10 years old, then it needs a test every year, uh, or if it's a public service vehicle, a taxi, it'll be the test every year. I presume it isn't. Uh, but if it's a brand new car, four years is the answer. Okay. What would happen if, this is another question, in, if you've got four weeks left on your NCT, mm-hmm. the fact that you can book your NCT three months in advance, and then your car fails the NCT, can you still drive around on, with the NCT search that's valid for another four weeks? Yes, depending on the nature of the fault. Okay. Uh, it, it, so if the car failed because it's dangerous, um, then no, that car can actually be taken off the road immediately. So let's say the NCT uh, take a car in for testing and all four tires tires are bald and the, the uh, seatbelt's defective and the brakes don't work. Right? That is a dangerous fail uh, and you'll be advised not to drive that car out of the premises. Um, on the other hand, a car might fail for something much more mundane. Uh, it might fail for, say, headlamp alignment or emissions or something like that. And in that context, yes, I mean, the, 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 the uh, NCT search remains valid. The NCT search that it, it was issued to you remains valid until it expires. And that's why I say to people, you know, an NCT is like the dentist checkup. Mm. Okay? It doesn't come with a promise or a guarantee. It's perfectly possible to have a car with a valid NCT search of the windscreen that is dangerously defective and should be impounded. There's no contradiction there. That can happen. You can have a car that passes the NCT in January and come March, uh, the brakes are gone on it and the tyres are worn. That car should you should be off the road. So don't think of your NCT cert as a, as a guarantee because it isn't. John has a question. Hi, Patricia. I have my car booked for NCT on the day I have to take my four-year-old daughter with me as a babysitter is not available. Am I allowed to have the car seat in the car or will I have to take it out when I get to the test centre? You will probably have to take it out. Um, the, 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 there's an FAQ on the NCT website that will give you chapter and verse on that. There's a couple of things you need to do that sometimes frustrate people. For example, taking hubcaps off wheels 
you, if you've got a hubcap on your wheel, you have to pop that off and leave them in the boot so that the engineer can inspect the wheel nuts without having to remove the hubcap itself. And I think similarly for baby seat, um, you, you may have to unclip it and put, and put it in the boot. It shouldn't present a problem one way or the other, um, but yeah, you, you, you probably do have to remove that baby seat in the same way that you do have to remove the hubcaps. Because what the NCT person will be checking is they'll be checking the rear seat belts that they work properly. Okay, listeners looking for your opinion on why some insurance companies won't insure cars over 15 years old. And now that we have NCTs, they've passed an NCT, why why do some insurance companies not insure older cars? Yeah, well, listen, there's two answers to that. Firstly, the NCT, I mean, as I was saying, don't read too much into an NCT cert. Uh, it's not a guarantee. The car is still 15 years old. I mean, even if... Uh, you know, even if you, you know, the, the the dentist told you you don't need any fillings, the dentist did not give you a guarantee. And and so you know, don't be distracted by the NCT cert. The NCT cert is neither here nor there. The other question is why do some insurance companies refuse to quote for cars that are over fifteen years old? It frustrates me a little bit. Um, uh, you know, the AA we we three insurance companies that supply us, so we're kind of resellers. So we have uh, two of our insurers do, so we, we have no problem quoting for those vehicles. Other insurers, it's a little frustrating. And, and I, like, I don't like defending the insurance industry, and, and they don't like me often. But in, 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 you know, in, in, in terms of the insurance, think of an insurance company like a bookie, okay? It's a bit of a crude analogy, but that's what they are. So they, will look, they will really don't look at an individual risk. What about Patricia and what about her car? Because they're looking at thousands and thousands of risks. And what they're interested in doing is balancing their book across the fleet, not not by individual. So they will look at, and there'll be algorithms and computers doing this, but they will look at it and they'll say, do you know what? I, I'm overrepresented. Um, statistically, I have more than the statistical norm of 12-year-old cars in Cork. Okay, and that will go into the algorithm and it will start generating more expensive prices for 12-year-old cars in Cork because the system is looking to equalize, like a bookie, looking to equalize across all the bets. Now, you could be the individual in the 12-year-old car in Cork looking at their website going, what in the name of God are they quoting that for? That's an outrageous price. And that will sometimes happen. And you know what? You never hear about it, but the opposite sometimes happens as well. You might have an insurance company that is statistically underweighted in Cork, and then their system will start throwing out generous quotes. And if you get a generous quote, happy days, take it. But people don't complain about that. So nobody rings up me and complains and says, you know, I got an insurance renewal quote and it's much cheaper than I thought, so I bought it. You know, you don't yeah, hear about yeah, that. Yeah, 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 it's, it's you, the you ones that went sky that. high. They quoted me two grand, but yeah. And you know what? They're not trying to be thieves, but, but as I say, by analogy, think of them as bookies. Okay. And they're not really concerned about the one individual at the hatch looking to put a fiver on the Grand National. They're looking statistically across an ocean of data and looking to balance their books. And, and, and they, you know, they would identify older cars as being relatively higher risk. And some insurance companies, you know, nobody wants to carry too many of the high risks relative to the others because it feels like you'll put you at a disadvantage. And if you wind up on your books, with a lot of older cars, your, your corrective instinct there will be to increase the price for your older cars or to turn away new business for your older cars so you can bring your book back into balance. So it can feel, for an individual, it can feel like you're being picked on. Um, but actually, 
you know, that's not what the insurance company is trying to do. They're aiming for statistical balance. And that throws out quirks and anomalies from time to time. OK, and a number of people are saying exactly what you had said at the start about the Gardaí. People have been stopped by mem- local Garda, didn't have the NCT, said they had it booked and they got waived on, no problem, except yeah. for Tony in Bantry, who said, my wife had her NCT booked when she was stopped. This was two years ago. Everything in the car was perfect, as we always keep our cars in top class condition regardless of cost. The Garda summonsed her to court, even though everything was perfect and she had proved the car was booked for test. The Garda said, if the car passes the test, contact me and he would have it struck out after the car passed the NCT first time might I add my wife and I tried to contact the guard several times left messages he never replied my wife ended up having to go have her day in court thankfully it was struck out but it was still a very distressing experience uh, that's unfortunate yeah, well, really I unfortunate not, yeah I do not doubt Tony's word on that um, but, but, but in my experience that is highly yeah, highly, yeah, that's highly a, yeah, and and most people are saying the same thing. Yeah. It's just you were unfortunate. You met a guard for whatever reason on that day, decided uh, to go uh, by the letter of the law. Been, there may have been other circumstances. From what Tony describes, it doesn't sound like it. But as I say, it's clearly not the case in this case. But you know, I've had individuals. I mean, I remember um, Kerry played in All Ireland, which Cork do the odd time. But <laughs> Kerry did a few years ago. And I had an AA member from Kerry on to me telling me that he was done really unfairly for penalty points. The point on the Nace Road as you come up from Cork or, or, or uh, Limerick or Kerry, and as you come up to Dublin City, as you approach the M50, people will know it. There's a spot on that big, big main road, the N7, where the speed limit drops to 60 kph. And I had this Kerry motorist on to me telling me that you know the guards were... were uh, terrible and that he'd given him penalty points and he was only just over the speed limit and the speed limit had dropped to 60 and it was terrible and he gave me permission to inquire about it uh, on his behalf the Gardaí yeah. so I did and turned out he was doing 110 <sighs> so you know I, 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 for a Kerry I, man that's slightly over the speed limit is it indeed <laughs> yeah yeah so you know it may be the case now not in Tony's case no, he described, no it, just, it sounds like they were very unfortunate yeah you sometimes right. come across a person who says look you know the guard stopped me and all that and as I say it turns out that the car was a banger um, mm. and, and, but you, 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 Tony's circumstances it is two years ago yeah. and the guard clarified that about a year ago so it shouldn't happen again okay. but uh, all I can say on that is it's most most unusual. Okay, Connor, as always, a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for that. And uh, Thank thanks you. for joining us. Uh, bye bye. That is uh, Connor Faulkner of the AA. C103 Anthems. C103 Anthems. Weekday mornings from 9 and evenings at 7. Cork's greatest hits. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. C0103. No, we haven't played our cue to call yet for our Diana Ross tickets. We have a pair of tickets to give away to Ms. Ross, the legend that is, when she comes live to play live with the marquee on June the 25th. But the other important date is the tickets go on sale next Monday, November the 25th. And if you're interested in buying tickets, you can go to ticketmaster.ie. But we have the first of those tickets to give away before they even go on sale. We repair every day uh, this week, today, tomorrow, and Thursday. Thursday and you're waiting on a queue to call we haven't played it yet that's as much as I'm saying uh, looking forward to the Dan Ross concert and she's a lot of fans uh, certainly in the area 1850 calls, comments, texts and emails coming into the programme NCT's 
still a lot of calls in about the NCT. Uh, hi, Patricia. What on earth is the point of an NCT if it does not guarantee it's safe to drive? Listening to Conor Faulkner on your programme today. I do my own maintenance. Uh, car is 20 years old and I always use the NCT as a check. Surprised to hear what Conor had to say uh, today. And Mick says, Patricia, regarding the NCT, I know of a certain garage who advertise that they prepare vehicles for the NCT. Yes, when you give your car in for any repairs necessary, the garage owner will either say, take it for the NCT and come back to me with the fail report and then I'll repair any faults that gets highlighted during the NCT. Or he will take the car in, do the work on it and a few times our family members have failed the NCT test even after the repairs. Is it a gimmick with the garages? It always seems to cost the motorists more money either for retest or back to the garage again for more repairs. So frustrating. Thanking you, says Mick. Well, I'd be having words with the garage, I think, if that's happened a few times to your family, that you've handed the car in, you've put it in to say, you know, do a pre-NCT test on and make sure everything's going to be okay and then you fail. I mean, if that's happened a few times, I'd be changing garage, uh, Mick, uh, certainly. But the idea of putting the car in and wait to see what falls show up on the fail report and then getting it fixed. That's what Conor Faulkner is saying is the reason that we're having delays with people getting NCTs because people have to go back for retests. He's suggesting that what we all need to do is make sure that if you know there's going to have to be any repairs done to the car that you get that pre-test done first, get your repairs done, then bring it in so that it passes first time. But I would know a lot of people take that risk and say, no, I'll run it through the NCT Whatever comes up, comes up. Then I'll get it sorted out and then I'll go back uh, with it. That's a lot of people do do it that way and have been doing it that way, I think, since the NCT uh, first started. Re-NCTs. Thank you, Mick, for your text. Re-NCTs is another text. So you can book your car in in June or July for a test in September or October. Yeah, that's the point about the three months. You can book it three months in advance. But it's the huge proportion of cars in this country were registered in January because people wanted to have the brand new cars. Now that's since changed. It's kind of half and half now with the with the way they've done the registering of the, of the cars with the 191 and the 192. But we're, we're still at the stage where we're dealing with the cars that all got registered at the start of the year. And I think, did I have the figure, they, they estimate that half a million cars will be due for NCT at the start of the year. And these are all the people that, whose cars would have been registered at the start of the year. But you can go back, you can get that car book your NCT and get your NCT done in October, November or December in advance of that January date and you still get two years on your NCT or a full year depending on the age of your car and that's I think what we need to encourage and try and get people to do. Some of your calls in Ashton said print off your appointment date and place it on the rinse screen of your car then at least they will know it's not your fault. Call to your guard the station tell them about it if you're still a bit nervous but make sure that the copy of your appointment is on display at all times even when you're not in the car for fear that you would get some kind of a fine or a ticket on your car for not having an up-to-date NCT. Claire said I booked my NCT in Charleville last week. I got a few choice dates. I booked in for the uh, I'm booked now in for NCT test for Friday the 20th of no for Friday the, no it must be Friday the 22nd which is this Friday. No drama, no hassle. By the way, says Claire, 
lots of available dates in Charleville. So is anybody worried who wants to get a date quickly? Look to Charleville. And it does depend. Absolutely, it depends on what test centre you are going to. Some of the test centres are busier than others. If you're willing to travel and go to other test centres and you want to get your NCT in a hurry, then certainly you will be able to to do that. Uh, Rachel says, I have my confirmation booking on my phone and I printed it out in case my phone had died. <laughs> like I stopped by the Gardaí. I would like to think that any guard that would see it would be receptive of the unavailability of test dates until January. And uh, there are Skibbereen, McCroom and Killarney are other. Now, I don't know if, if Rachel is saying Skibbereen, McCroom and Killarney are places where it is difficult to get a test date. Siobhan said you should have a text message on your phone with the date for the NCT. That'll do you. Show them that. It happened to us before and we didn't have any problems at all. And Noreen emailing Patricia at c103.ie on NCT says, Patricia, if you're booking online and it looks booked out for a long period of time at the particular test centre that you're choosing. Keep checking back as people cancel very often and then places become available. Oh, that's a good tip. So the first time you go on to do your NCT, if you're not seeing any dates that are available, keep checking back over the next couple of days and hopefully somebody will cancel on a day that's will be fine for you and you'll be able to get your test date that day. Good words of advice. Thank you for that. Okay, what else is into us on phones? Uh, Firstly, let me go back to text. This is on street lights. Oh yeah, because this came up Oh yeah, this came up yesterday. But before I get to that, this is from a Douglas Lister also wants to know, do you know when the Christmas bonus is due to be paid out this year? I do. The Christmas bonus, which is the full extra payment, you get a full week's wages, week's payment, not wait, well it is wages for a lot of people, a week's payment again. It's for people on long-term social welfare and it is going to be paid out the week starting the 2nd of December. So depending on what week, what day of the week you pick up your payment, but it's the week of the 2nd of December for the Christmas bonus for this year. But the Douglas listener is also saying, is broadband connected to the street lights? Since they put some wires on the light outside my house, the light keeps going off. I don't think that's got anything to do with broadband and I don't know what the light, what the the wire is, but I don't think it's anything to do with broadband. If the light keeps going off, there's a number on the pole and you can ring them and report it, but you need to have the number that's on the pole. But report it if you're having a problem with your street lights. But this came up yesterday because Joan contacted us. To, she was saying about the poor quality of street lights in Formoy. She described them as a kind of a milky cream colour, as if the bulb or the light had been changed in some way. And she was wondering, and we got a few other people saying, yeah, Joan is right, noticed it as well. And then Nicole was on to us to say, that's not just happening in Formoy, it's all over the place. Is it a new type of street light that they're using or something? Very very dangerous for pedestrians and for cyclists, says Nicole. And Jim says, and not just the lighting, the footpaths around Mayfield are covered in leaves. It's making underfoot lethal. Also, these leaves are clogging up the shores. Now, that is obviously to do with the time of the uh, year. Uh, Patricia, would you mention it, please, in the hope that maybe somebody listening, the powers that be may be listening and somebody may do something about it. I mean, I don't know how, oh, I suppose the council don't have the manpower to go out and clean up leaves that are on the ground. I mean, if we all supposed to do our bit, if there's leaves outside your own house, could could you clean them up? It is very much the time of year for it. But you are right, they are clogging up shores. And that's what would worry me when I mentioned that there was, you know, excessive rainfall today 
and the fact that we, we are going to get some spot flooding. Some of that spot flooding is going to be caused because the shores are blocked up. We do have to be really, really careful. We are going to be talking about broadband, but that's not going to be until after 12 today. Michael in Silver Spring says they're installing broadband on the electricity wires. This is for the company Ciro, which is the ESB and Vodafone appear to be doing this. And they're installing these thicker lines. They're the fibre optic, I'm assuming, is it? But... When they're doing this, they have to cut off the electricity supply in order to do it. And we do get notices, says Michael, of the works. And we've had a number of them in the last month. But Michael's point is, why should we be without electricity for a broadband rollout? And that's even before the National Broadband has started to be rolled out. Michael and Silverstrings not happy at the inconvenience of having electricity cut off while they're working to put in broadband in the area. But when you get high speed broadband, Michael... If you don't already have high-speed broadband, you might be thankful for it. And the works don't go on for too long. And Neil in Mallow said, you know all those houses that they're talking about in rural areas that are now going to be able to access broadband? Well, it's going to take a number of years. But yes, when the National Broadband Plan is fully rolled out, Hyla's making an interesting point. Will they use it? Do they even want it? I have no idea. I have no idea, but it's going to get rolled out whether they want it or not. That's for sure. 1850-333-103 and just staying on broadband and uh, rural and the National Broadband uh, Plan. Here's a very lengthy text in from Michael in Castletown Bear. It says, Patricia, yesterday, November 19th, will go down in history as a historic day for rural Ireland. Ever since the founding of the state, we in rural Ireland have been left high and dry. And listening to some of our TDs in Dáil Éireann, uh, who should be ashamed of themselves with their harmful and uncontrollable utterance. For far too long, they've controlled rural Ireland. They should hang their heads in shame. Do, do, they, do they not... Do they not have the good of Ireland, not alone rural Ireland, at heart? There was many an intellectual genius in rural Ireland, but never got anywhere because of a lack of broadband, amongst other things. George Bernard Shaw summed up an approach to life that fits fits rural Ireland perfectly. Others see things and say, why? I dream of things and say, why not? That is the quality of rural Ireland. We are also, our, we are now a remarkable combination of hope, confidence and imagination. More today than ever before with broadband. Patricia, remember back around your early days on air with C103 when a well-known West Cork TD told you that the briars were shaking hands in the middle of the road and if it continued the way it was, all that would be left in West Cork would be bachelors, bullocks and briars. how right he was at that time but today there is a solid chunk of hope thanks to a very capable man in Richard Britton TD thanking you says uh, Michael in Castletown Bear and there thank you Michael lengthy good good always puts in such well put together texts thank you for that and commentary Um, they are likening it what happened yesterday they are saying Michael's right they are saying it's a historic day and I think it's in years to come they look back on it and they are liking it to when rural electrification started and whenever that day was they were not to know what a historic day that will be so I think yeah I think Michael's right future generations will look back on the day when they decided to finally sign off on the National Broadband Plan we just need it rolled out now we need it rolled out and up and running and then consign it to the history books and we can look back and say remember the time when we didn't have good broadband in rural areas and can I just say hi 
to one of our listeners who is listening to us on in the in the States has discovered our programme in America. It's a lady by the name of Mary Alice O'Hara. Good Irish name, I have to say. But she discovered C103 when her brother gifted her a Sono speaker. Sono speakers, I don't even know what Sono speakers were. And she managed to discover C103 and she's become a very loyal listener to the programme and indeed to C103 as a whole. She has the radio station on all of the time. She said, I had the privilege of coming to the most to your most beautiful country, Ireland, with my parents back in 2018 and we will be back and it is never too soon and I don't know whether she managed, Mary Alice managed to make it to Cork the last time but it is good to have you along in America, uh, Mary Alice and hi to a lot of other people in different countries who listen to us online. Always good to have you along. 1850 John Paul taking your calls. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. C103 Jobs. With Hewitt College. Now enrolling for Christmas Junior and Leaving Certificate Revision courses. Your success is built on their experience. See HewittCollege.ie. A cashier is wanted for a betting shop that's in Mallow. Why, Fremont Early Years are looking for a preschool assistant to work 15 hours per week. Skilled labourers and carpenters wanted for immediate start. That's on projects in North Cork and in East Cork. And an experienced hotel accountant is wanted. That's at the Clonakilty Park Hotel. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. C103 brings you Farm Talk with John O'Connor. Saturdays at 10am and Wednesdays at 10pm. Why is it so important for farmers to have their silage tested if they want to ensure adequate feeding for their animals during the winter period? If we don't know exactly how good the quality of silage is without testing, it's like trying to score with no goalposts. Turn on Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Agribusiness for quality feed, expert service and support you can trust only on C103. This is the Court Today replay on C103. Planners at City Hall will be asked to consider refusing planning for any future drive-through restaurants in Cork. The motion will be brought before Council this month by Green Party Councillor Dan Boyle, who joins me. Good morning to you, Dan. Good morning, Patricia. Now, Dan, I'm assuming, is this all down to car emissions? Is, is that the problem with these drive-throughs? Well, well I, I think it's a few things. Uh, we have a number, uh, and, and what I'm proposing doesn't... Uh, propose uh, that we we we, uh, we close down the existing ones they have planning permission they're up and running people uh, obviously uh, are customers of, of the places uh, I, I think there are a number of grounds um, the idea of drive through is that yes stalled engines uh, uh, are a major contributor to uh, air quality air, air pollution and, and air quality uh, and because of that we should be examining uh, a lot of areas uh, in our everyday lives as to where how we can reduce the risks uh, and I, I suppose the the idea of uh, drive through restaurants are, are based on convenience and the type of choices we need to make as a society not only in terms of uh, greenhouse gases and climate change but also the air quality itself is are we creating unnecessary risks uh, and should we be adding to those risks that's that's the type of debate I'm trying to start within the city council and it, and if you do get this motion through, you're going to be following the lead of a number of American cities. They, I, I was surprised to see this. They've already introduced similar bans. 
Yeah, I, I, well, there, there are other reasons. I mean, the, the, the idea of driving through and, and convenience in terms of food collection um, is is something that has other knock-on effects on society in terms of uh, lack of exercise, lack of mobility, uh, and, and uh, I, I suppose there are arguments about the the actual food that's available in, in a lot of these restaurants, but uh, I, I can't really talk about that because uh, I have very bad eating habits and I, I, I live with the result of uh, being very fond of fast food myself. But, uh, but do you ever do you ever use a drive-through? No, I must admit I, I've been to drive-through restaurants, but I always make sure that I, I walk into them and I eat there. Uh, I, I, I do find the idea as a, a relatively mobile person that the the, the idea of driving through it, it, it seems a bit of a nonsense to me. But uh, th- there are people who have mobility issues, uh, and there there are times where 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 mobility is restricted, or you know, maybe a, an extremely harassed parent with. Uh, two children of very young ages that uh, neither of whom are walking that uh, it, it does suit but the problem is that we we use these facilities far too regularly and and most of the people who use them don't need to use them uh, and they're the type of questions we should be asking ourselves as individuals why create these risks why create the type of uh, of potential where where we're moving less and we're exercising less and we're we're creating uh, health hazards for ourselves as individuals. So you're saying park up, get out of your car and walk to pick up what is probably your unhealthy takeaway anyway. Well, look, I mean, the unhealthy choice on the food is something I, I, a choice I make myself. But at least give yourself a, an option of getting rid of some of the calories by uh, walking to collect the food and walking to bring it back to wherever you're going to eat it. So uh, diminish the risk uh, and, and uh, don't have your car uh, stalling while you're driving through something that you could go to, uh, to directly ask for an order at a, at a front desk in the building itself. Uh, and and I, I'd just like to spark a debate, get people talking about these things, uh, talk about you know, what our habits are and, and how they can be improved and how we can make a better environment in society by doing things differently. Uh, Bernard said he was in Australia a couple of years ago and they have drive-through off-licences. Yeah, I can imagine uh, that, would, that would really bring uh, the risk of drink driving to a new level altogether. I think. Have you had reaction to your proposal from members of the public? Yeah, and, and, and some of it I, I would have been anticipating, but it hasn't, I think it's been 50-50, to be honest. Uh, I, I think in social media, th- those people who react negatively will react more, but I mean, people would like a comment and not say anything and, and, and the like. Uh, I, I think people are open to having a debate on the issue. Uh, people who enjoy the convenience probably are not, but that, that doesn't stop uh, the, the whole area of public debate being in the inter, inter, uh, sorry, entered into in this subject. And I, I hope people would look at it in those terms. OK, just to start the debate, uh, John Joe wonders where the Green parties get uh, some of their ideas from. Oh, while I'm, I'm surprised to hear Frankie Carroll Galine saying Dan Boyd is jumping on the climate change bandwagon. This is a Green Party, <laughs> ca- it's a Green Party <laughs> councillor uh, we're talking about. But he does make the point that uh, rather than worrying about drive through uh, the, the homeless situation that there's much more serious things to be and, worried and, and about. Those issues don't get ignored. They're not, they don't lack priority. They, they're constantly addressed and as a public representative I make regular comment on them and try to see that the resources are provided but it, it doesn't mean that any other issues don't get discussed either. 
Okay, all right. And I certainly would never accuse you of jumping on a climate change bandwagon. All right. (laughs) All right, Dan, we leave it there. Thank you for that. And uh, thanks uh, for joining us. That is uh, Councillor Dan Boyle. Uh, 1850-333-103. John Paul, taking your calls. I want to go to uh, an email that we got into the programme today that is certainly worthy of a mention as we're talking a lot about, you know, getting ready for Christmas and the lead up to Christmas. And for the majority of us, we love Christmas and we love the excitement of it and we love the build up to it and then the actual time itself can be relaxing or it can be a busy time and it's a time spent with family and we enjoy it and then we put it all away and you know we move on with our lives and we look forward to doing it all again next year but there are for some people for and for a variety of different reasons why Christmas can evoke memories that you don't particularly want to remember things that you don't want to remember. So a listener has, and I won't say the name, um, has contacted the programme. Uh, we'll just call her Marion. Marion has contacted us. Emailing Patricia at c103.ie to say, Patricia, I was out and about today, Tuesday, and seeing the Christmas lights and the shoppers, I was reminded of the pressure we put on ourselves and the expectations that Christmas brings for many. For many years growing up in a rural town, I saw firsthand the effects that drink had on our family at times when everybody else was celebrating. Being anxious at these times was the norm. Anticipation of what could happen was always in the forefront of my mind. When that anticipated action did not happen, I still couldn't enjoy the celebrations because it didn't occur then did not mean it wouldn't happen the next day or the next day or the next day. You know, Patricia, you can take that into your life and things were not much better in the following in the following years during my married life. It wasn't drink related, but it was control related. That awful feeling when a car pulls up and you don't know what humour is going to enter the front door. That pressure is very hard to describe to anyone but it dictates your whole well-being. There will be many feeling this at Christmas this year, smiling through the agony and pretending that everything is okay. Patricia, I eventually found the courage to leave that controlling situation. I will never say it was easy because that would only diminish the trauma many feel. Every step forward was dogged by misgivings and it would have been easier at times to take the steps back. I didn't give in. What I would like to say is that peace of mind should never, ever be taken for granted. I would never, ever take it for granted as I look forward, not to the hustle and bustle, but what I look forward to is the quiet time when the front door is closed and I can relax. I take these quiet times as a blessing and I would only wish that everybody finds that peace and that place because believe me, it is worth finding. Isn't that quite a powerful, powerful piece? I mean, the drink, absolutely. And over the years, we would have heard from families who are living with somebody who's addicted to alcohol and who talk about Christmas being probably one of the worst times of the year because if it's the father or the mother in the household, the children know what's going to happen with mammy or daddy. Either one or the other get drunk and sometimes it can be violence and sometimes it can just be neglect. But it's it's that anticipation of just never knowing. And then, as you know, Marion said, when it doesn't happen, you're wondering, well, it didn't happen today, but will it happen tomorrow? And then to have gone, to have lived through that and survived that, and then to have ended up in a relationship, married to somebody who was that controlling, that fear, 
that when the car pulls up, can you, I just I can't even begin to imagine what that must be like when the car pulls up outside the house or into the driveway and you hear the engine go off and then you hear the key in the door and you're there almost holding your breath, wondering what kind of mood that person is going to come in. Is he going to be in good, happy mood? Or is the person going to be abusive or just in, in bad form? And then your evening is going to be absolutely ruined. And if there's children in the house, the children's evening is going to be ruined. And yes, it does take great bravery to walk away from that. And I'm glad I'm glad you did. And as you say, it wasn't easy and, and I wouldn't in, in any way even begin to imagine that it, that it could have been uh, easy. But it, but it was worth it. And, and you have. And, and I think, you know, your end your paragraph at the end about what you now most look forward to this Christmas isn't all the hustle and bustle. It's that quiet time when you're in your own space, in your own head, in the comfort of your own home, wherever that is. And it's peaceful and you've got peace of mind and no one can ever take that away from you. So long may that continue and long may you enjoy that peace of mind. And I hope by reading your email today that it will give a sense of hope to others because you're right. There will be others listening to me speaking today and listening to Marion's words who will be nodding, who will be identifying, who will know what Marion has gone through, is either going through it, living with somebody with addiction or is in a very controlling uh, relationship. But to know that when that time comes, when you're brave enough and you do need to be brave enough to reach out, maybe reach out and get the help that you need or talk to somebody. There are people there that can help and, you know, and you and you will get through it and you will come out the other side and you will find that peace of mind and that place, that happy place uh, for you to be in. Thank you. And thank you for sharing that with us to Patricia at c103.ie. The majority of families, a visit to a traditional pantomime is an essential part of our festive season. And one of the best pantos every year is the one that's staged at the Everyman Theatre here in Cork. And joining me in studio to chat about this year's pantomime in full costume is Jack and the Beanstalk. We've got Jack himself, that is uh, Jimmy Brocky, and who plays Jack. And then Molly Ward is one of the dancers, also joins us in the studio, as I say, in full costume. You look gorgeous. Well, thank you, you very look much. gorgeous. You've Absolutely. got freckles and all, Jimmy. I know, I got them all done now this morning. Yeah. Um, our fantastic um, makeup artist came in this morning at half nine, just before the interview so we could look as fresh as possible for you. Yeah, it's, it's, it really is terrific. Now, uh, rehearsals. Um, when uh, Molly, when did rehearsals start for this year? So we actually began rehearsals. Do you, you just speak into that mic yeah. from there, yeah? Um, yeah. We began yeah. rehearsals at the end of October this year, so quite early. And we've had three and a half weeks now of rehearsals. Mm. Um, at the end of this week, we'll be going into the theatre to start teching getting everything together and just really seeing it on the stage and putting it all, piecing it all together, yeah. really. Uh, okay, I just need to check with John Paul. Is Molly's mic working? Okay, just it just seems a bit down. And while we're getting that sorted, I'll I'll, I'll continue to talk with um with uh, Jimmy. Okay, Jimmy, <laughs> tell me how, how what's the run? How long does it run for? Uh, well, it runs from the thirtieth of November right up until the twelfth of January, I think. And um, we're we're on most nights actually for two shows a day almost, um, including the school shows for the kids at the eleven o'clock start, and. Um, yeah, we're running right up until we have got a few days off in between, but otherwise we're we're held for leather right until the end. Is that a massive commitment? Yes. And the biggest <laughs> commitment I think is is keeping up the energy all the way through and yeah. keeping a consistency also. Um it's important to, you know, that your voice is safe uh, and you're well able to sing or, you know, speak, act or dance. Whole, uh, dance. dance. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> absolutely. Um uh, for the whole duration of the run. Um so it's pacing yourself, it's a marathon. Okay. Um 
Which, yeah, it's great. It's our favorite. Over. It's oh. my favorite time of the year. Anyway. Is it? Is oh, it, yeah. yeah. It's so special with the kids. Oh, yeah. Everyone, it's, you know, there's something for everyone in the audience. There's, you know, everything down to TikTok for the kids. Yes. All those kind of little oh. jokes and oh, stuff. And then there's adult jokes and, oh, you know, yeah. things for everyone in the audience. And, so. and that's the one thing about pantomime. Um, it's from the very young right up to granny. The whole, there's very few things that you can say the whole family can go along to. Absolutely. Exactly. And that's what's so special about pantomimes. And I think that's what we do very well in The Everyman. We just really, we are such a family as a cast as well. And it really shows, I oh, think. Yeah, yeah. And it really, we love like including the audience yeah. and, you know, it's the only time that the audience really feels a part of the show yes. is a pantomime. So. Yeah. And still yeah. having the kids involved uh, from CADA performing arts as well, mm-hmm. still as characters in the show. And so you've got a mix of professional actors and then you're working with the kids. And of course, the kids are always developing They're the script teaching along us. with you. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Were, were, you, were you both involved as children in panto? Yes, I always did. Yeah. Um, I was doing the Opera House Panto as a child for yeah. years and years and years. And did you used to look up then at the, you know, oh, and dream of big time. one day big I'll time. be an adult and that'll yeah, be me? absolutely. And I just can't believe now it's the other way around. Some people could be looking up to me. So it's yeah, it's yeah. very nice. Whereas, yeah. I, whereas I did my first panto only three years ago. Is that all? Uh, yeah, okay. and I used to go to the pantos um, yeah. in the Opera House as well. Mm-hmm. I probably saw Molly. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, I remember going to see Aladdin when I was, you know, eight or nine or something and um, and noticing the people there and, you know, Killian Donnelly, who's huge now in London. And, and I was only drawn to Jean Elliott from your star. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, there she is. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, noticing these people and getting to know who they are professionally then and working, you know, alongside these people is incredible. But um, so they're your counterparts now. Absolutely. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, it's yeah. great. OK, tell me about Jack and the character. What, what kind of a character is Jack oh. in Jack and the Beanstalk? Jack Daw. He's a dog. Jack Daw. Is he? Oh, he's an absolute idiot. Oh, no. Uh, lovable. I know. Oh, thank fantastic. you for that. Very yeah. lovable. Very yeah. lovable. Um, gullible. Oh, very gullible. Yeah. You can say all these words about him. He's uh, he's a bit wild. He's he's essentially a child. Is he? Now, he, you know, there might be a bit of development in his character, but um, he's he's not brave enough. That's the big thing. And um, you know he's he's he really needs he needs help all the time from the, from from the kids in the audience from the mommies and daddies. He's always looking to be braver because there's this beautiful girl in the village, and her mm. name is Jill. So there's the whole Jack and Jill thing coming along. Oh. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> has to be a crossover. Oh, that <laughs> has to be absolutely. Yeah. And um, so he's not brave enough, in, and they're. I think he's he thinks he's been friend zoned almost. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so he's. Um, and he's yeah he's just a bit of an idiot really mm-hmm. at the, the, the start yeah. he's great fun <laughs> and who else talk to me about some of the other, other cast members so we're actually we've got loads of well known Cork performers mm. working with us which is amazing as well we've Kieran Birmingham Vanula Lennon Kieran's great fun isn't it yes oh, great fun Michael Sands April Kelly Catherine Buckley who is the director and they've yeah. all been starring in the um, very popular TV series of uh, Young Offenders recently yeah. so it's great to work with people like that you know they're so professional yeah. they're so much fun they bring so much to they bring the script to life you know which you know, it takes a lot to take words from a page and Absolutely. bring it to life. And they yeah. do that so well. And it's great to work with those people. And, and, and you, you mentioned the, the, the fabulous Catherine Mahan Buckley, who's uh, again producing. I imagine she is she incredible to work with. She's just oh, so full of life when I meet her. I mean, yeah, of course, she has just so much experience. She's yeah. been doing it 
20 25 years. years yes so she you know it's incredible to work with her and yeah learn from her really. yeah I, I interviewed her last year and I reckon she's got the someone should sit down and write a book she has a book <laughs> yeah. just about pantomime oh, in her yeah. that would be just yeah. incredible yeah. incredible the adventures yeah. what, what she loves is is um giving us the opportunity to you know be able to um stage it ourselves and mm-hmm. and being able to put in our individual um experience into the part into the performance you know even putting in her own jokes things like that and then and then what she does then is she brings it back and she goes right yo let's do this do this but it also gives us the opportunity to um, that's, that's a brave yeah. producer does that absolutely and a producer is not up herself that I know what I'm doing absolutely, allowing that's yeah. she's allowing and then that's and we're all growing we're all yeah. growing yeah. and we developed the the, the script ourselves the with Catherine mm-hmm. and uh, with Martin the, the script writer and um, everything just comes together um, at the end you know and it's, it's a happy um, conclusion mm. Is there a lot of dancing Molly this year? Oh wow we have a lot of choreography a lot of strong numbers a lot of lifts and really mm. you know exciting things happening um our choreographer robert foley he's actually from cork as well which is really nice and um, we worked with him as well last year um he's incredible so he's literally just left us so you know it's down to the hands of the dance captain yes. phil phil o'callaghan and um the assistant choreographer kellyanne murphy and um yeah we've got loads going on so yeah. I know my mum will be delighted to see <laughs> all these crazy yes. dances we're doing. Yeah, <laughs> she likes the dancing. She loves she, the dancing. She li- loves the dancing. Really now, this time last year was really exciting for you, Molly. And I know uh, it was around this time you took a quick call from us when you were in the middle of re- rehearsals. Mm-hmm. You ended up in the John Lewis ad. I did, The yes. Elton John, John Lewis. Just remind us how that came about. You got called for audition. Yeah, absolutely. So, But it um, wasn't somebody saying come for audition for John Lewis. No, 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 it was called Project X at the time. So Ooh. I got a call from my agent just, oh, go in for a normal casting. You know, we'd get them very regularly Go in for a casting and you just have to um, improvise some dancing and it's called Project X. So I was like, fine, no pressure, no stress. Just went in, did the audition, got the call, got the job, went in, still didn't know what it was for <laughs> until the day of filming and we got our contracts and it said John Lewis Christmas ad. And well, I was shocked. I didn't, I had no idea. So um, yeah, that was really exciting. And yeah, I remember taking your call. Well, and, and then you had to stay quiet. You yes. couldn't, you, oh, yeah. you couldn't say anything. Oh yeah, we had to sign yeah. um, non, what's, non-disclosure yes, agreements yeah, yeah. and all that. Um, they took our phones from us so we couldn't film anything while we were on set, yeah, of okay. course. And it was, uh, it, they, it, they did keep it quiet considering the yeah. amount of people that were involved. With yeah. it. It was, and did you, get, you, did you get a massive reaction? Massive. I mean, Cor- I was in Cork at the time when it came out, yeah. which was lovely. Oh, every everyone was get asking for interviews and yeah. oh, I thought I was famous. I was on Ray Darcy show and everything. Yeah. <laughs> it, was it, was it was great. It was great. It was so nice. And you yeah. obviously saw it. Of course, you were working then over Christmas. Did you manage to get to see it on TV a lot? I actually, I think I saw it on TV once the whole time. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we were in tech, so we were yeah. like, That's yeah, yeah. the walls. You would really. get a chance to see yeah. it. Did you see this year's? Oh, I haven't seen it yeah, yet, it but I've heard it's lovely. Yeah, it's I've, lovely. My mum loves it. It's completely it. different. It's got a, it's got a little dragon in it. Yes. Uh, okay, and you're still London based, so you're just yes. you're home just for Christmas. Yeah, it's lovely to be employed in Cork, so it brings yeah. me home back mm. to my family um, for Christmas time, which is just amazing. Yeah, and you're in you're over in London. You're looking for acting parts, dancing parts, a bit of everything, yeah. whatever you know West comes End. my way. West End would be the dream, the dream. you know, and that's yeah. the kind of long term goal. But um, yeah, for now, it's just. 
whatever auditions my agent can get me dance wise acting wise singing wise whatever okay yeah. well done we'll continue good luck with that and Jimmy what are you up to when Panto wins uh, I'm working as a musical director around okay. Cork so I, I'm I'm also a piano player and I um, I take choirs I've got my my own choir in Cada, um, a few of them and uh, so I'm working with the CIT Musical Society we're doing Godspell Oh, I love that show. It's mm. fabulous. Yeah. And I'm working with an amazing team there. Um, I'm also, uh, I've worked previously with, um, this is Cork City Musical Society and the uh, uh, Creative Cork Collective and um, different groups around the place. So hopefully I'll, I'll be working with them again in the future. But yeah, it's it's music all the way through, a few yeah. concerts, a few shows. And Cork is buzzing at the moment, isn't Cork it? Cork is fantastic. Yep. The yeah. amount of opportunities we're getting as musicians um, is brilliant and people are so humble that you know you, the, the opportunities are um, you, I, I have lots of friends who just pass on if they can't do it they'll pass it on to me and it's you know, and vice versa then mm. um, especially during panto time you know when I can't do things I you be able to pass it on to people and it's it's thriving music is thriving well, you're both so talented you've got great futures ahead of you it's been a real <laughs> thrill to have had you in the studio just Thank remind you. us again when the panto opens and how long you run for in the Everyman yep so it's opening on the 30th of November and running right through until the 12th of January okay and booking is now open at the uh, everymancork.com and you can get group bookings as well at groups at everymancork.com real pleasure uh, Jimmy and Molly thank you both for joining us in the studio and best of luck to everybody involved with uh, Jack and the Beanstalk this year thank you very much you're listening to Cork Today on replay phone and text lines are currently closed And what was that? That was our cue to call for Diana Ross, who is playing live at the Marquee next June, June 25th. And two week is in Ballancolic. Good afternoon to you, Anne. Oh, good afternoon, Patricia. Are you a Diana Ross fan? I am a big Diana Ross fan. And you rang up because you heard the cue to call? I did indeed. And were you waiting all morning for me to play I, the cue I, to call? Actually, I'm in this morning with all this rain. So Wait. it was... <laughs> and were... I usually listen to your podcast at night. You oh, know, do you? And was last night when you said this oh I said I've listed out for this <laughs> and you're obviously feeling lucky I am well I can tell you Anne Tui and Ballancolic you are going to see oh, Diana Ross oh, live in the Marquee on thank June you. 25th oh thank you very much indeed who will you bring with you well <laughs> they'll be queuing up they will they will you didn't see her the last time she was here no no I didn't no I didn't and I heard you say she was fantastic she's fabulous she is fabulous and be prepared to be oh, dazzled with the frock changes there's a number of frock changes we'll be up our seat. <laughs> you will indeed enjoy congratulations thanks a million Patricia bye bye good afternoon thanks. to you bye bye uh, and two week there in Ballancolic winning our first pair of tickets to Live at the Marquee for Diana Ross these are the very first of the tickets because they're not going on sale until next Monday at 9am and you can see ticketmaster.ie from 9am on Monday if you want to buy tickets to Diana Ross live in the marquee and she plays there on the 25th of June another pair of tickets to give away again tomorrow I'll check in with John Paul we might do it by text tomorrow because I know it frustrates people when they can't get through on the line but that's just the look at the draw the phone lines the minute I hit the queue to call I have to say the phone lines were jammed and it was Anne Tuik in Balancolic was the lucky caller today so we'll do it by text tomorrow okay give you advance warning of that and then we have another final pair to give away on Friday 18 
1850 Some of your calls coming into the programme uh, today. People still not happy with Dan Boyle of the Green Party suggesting that we should get rid of drive-throughs. Well, he's not talking about getting rid of the existing drive-throughs. He's quite adamant on that. The drive-through restaurants that are there at the moment leave those in place but he's saying for future planning we need to stop and think about this there's the emissions from cars and there's also we do have obesity issues in this country people are getting lazy do we need to force people out of their cars if they want to get a takeaway and make them at least walk in to the takeaway uh, to pick it up it drives throughs it's making it all too easy a number of people are kind of making the same point saying there's so much homelessness going on in the city that's the reason yeah, actually, that's a valid point. Somebody saying that's the reason so many homeless people have to get takeaway meals. It's not that they want to get takeaway meals. They don't have any choice. If you're living in homeless accommodation and you don't have access to cooking, you don't have any choice. But if, and if you've got children, yeah, and that's n- certainly not a healthy diet. We all like our takeaways maybe once a week, but to be doing that every day. And for some families, that is the sad reality. And then Derry in Mahan, kind of tying that but he's bringing up the issue of broadband, which we're going to be discussing in this hour, the National Broadband Plan, which the contract got signed off yesterday. And it is going to cost the government, you or I, the taxpayer, close to three billion. They're saying it won't go over three billion. They're hoping it'll come in under it. But that's what's been allocated, three billion, which is a lot of money. Darian Mahan is picking up on that, saying three billion has to be allocated for broadband. I don't mind people getting broadband but surely people who are homeless need this money more than somebody needs broadband they need to be housed what about children who this Christmas will be spending Christmas in hotel rooms everybody is at this big circus which is the National Broadband Plan and nobody sees what wants to see what's actually happening on the ground and I know for people that are living in areas where they don't have broadband and who will be covered under the Rural Broadband Scheme they will be quite frustrated to hear Derry say you know move on with the broadband and give it to put it to housing and say because they've waited so long but I can also see the point that Derry is making to somebody who is living in homeless accommodation broadband is the furthest thing from their mind when we're talking about it today they they look at three billion as well and say three billion how many houses would you buy out of the three billion and would you build 1850 street lights We've been having some calls and we're going to, I, I, I think John Paul's already done this, we're going to try and find out have they changed the bulbs and streetlights of late because it's just, it's interesting. We're getting calls in from all different parts of the city and county with people saying that the streetlights are not illuminating the streets the way they used to. I don't know why. Catherine in Mallow said the street lighting in Mallow is desperate, is the word that Catherine, Katrina, uses. Sullivan's Place in particular is very bad. You can't see anything. I've had to drive up Sullivan's Place, but I've noticed that in particular, the lights are not throwing out the light down below like they used to. And if you're walking, it can make it quite uh, difficult and there's a couple of other people on about the same thing. I don't know if I'll end up finding them in this bunch of texts that have uh, come in uh, to us. Hi, Patricia. This is on WhatsApp. Let me go some of your, your uh, WhatsApps. Uh, please tell Councillor Dan Boyle, who you had on the programme earlier in the Green Party, that a lot of people use takeaway food outlets because it's cheaper than cooking at home. The main reason it's cheaper is the Green Party keeps putting up carbon tax on utility bills so people cannot afford to cook at home anymore for all of their meals. They, this will continue as children will not learn to cook even a boiled egg. That's thanks to the Green Party. And that's Chris Kipper 
in Formoy. Thank you for your text, Chris. John says, Patricia, on the issue of Christmas lights. You're talking about street lights. I want to raise Christmas lights on the programme in Mallow. From West End to the church on the main street, they're horrible. Where in 2019, they need to upgrade the lights. And parts of Mallow have the beautiful lights they got installed a number of years ago. And I always thought the plan was that the whole street would get those really fancy LED ones. But whether they ran out of money or something, but they certainly... They've stopped and they still have the old one. John in Mallow, not happy with that. Uh, Ed in Mallow has a question about broadband. Thank you for that, Ed. I'll hold on to that question and I'll, I'll put it when we bring when we do our broadband uh, interview in this hour. And then we were talking about leaves on the road, uh, on roads, footpaths and blocking up drains and dikes. Pike Road in Formoy, says this uh, WhatsApper. Very bad with leaves. I nearly slipped on them this morning. You need to be extremely careful when you're out and about, even in your own garden. I was out, I was cleaning up leaves out actually from my own garden uh, the other day and I nearly slipped. It's just, it's just, it's the time of the year. There's not a lot we can do about it. It is, it is really very much the time of uh, the year. You've, you've, you've just got to be so careful when you're out and about. 1815-333-103. Jump all takes your calls. Text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses. Supporting communities. Serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. The Formoy Widows Association, they are meeting at 8.15 tonight in the Resource Centre in Formoy. The guest will be Marion Roach, who will give a floral demonstration. All widows and their friends are welcome. Mallow United hold soccer training for boys and girls aged 4 to 17. All abilities and those with additional needs are also welcome. It happens every Wednesday evening between 6pm and 7pm at Carragoon Indoor Complex. Contact Sandra for more information 87 Santa at the Strand is a Santa's Grotto style experience which includes a festive Christmas market refreshments and much more and it'll run in Lismore from Thursday the 12th of December to Sunday the 15th of December it's a fundraising event for St. Carthic's Rest Home in Lismore now bookings will close on Monday the 2nd of December so you need to book your time slot for your kiddies to go along and you can book by going online to www.santaatthestrand.ie The North Cork Stroke Support Group they are uh, hosting a meeting uh, tomorrow afternoon between 2 and 4pm in the Gilbert Centre in uh, Mallow and there will be a neuropsychologist and a stroke survivor uh, will be speaking at it. And the Gwales Skull Muskery in Blarney, they've got an open evening for parents. That's also tomorrow evening from half past six to half past uh, eight. And the Gaggin Bazaar will be held this Friday, Gaggin Community Hall. It starts at eight o'clock. Great prizes on the spinner, raffle for iced Christmas cake and a turkey and lots more. And the Gaggin Community 2020 calendar. There's another calendar you can buy, support a good cause. That will also be in sale and everyone is very welcome. A cork band once asked, Where's me jumper? Now, see one. 103 is asking it too. Where's me Cork Simon Christmas jumper? Every year, thousands of people here in Cork get together to help fight homelessness by wearing a Christmas jumper to work, school or anywhere. 
Don't make a song and dance about it. Simply get your fundraising pack now at CorkSimon.ie. The Cork Simon Christmas Jumper Day. It's time to wear your jumper. With C103. Cabinet ministers met early yesterday morning to sign off on the National Broadband Plan contract with the Communications Minister Richard Bruton tweeting it was a historic day for Ireland to explain the background and what it means especially for people in rural areas. I'm joined by our political correspondent Sean Defoe. Good afternoon to you Sean. Afternoon Patricia. Uh, and, and, and we're right in calling it historic isn't it? It's the biggest investment in this country since rural electrification. Yeah certainly the biggest investment in, in rural Ireland anyway and it is very much being compared to rural electrification by the government, that at that stage there were people who didn't see electricity as an absolute necessity for a lot of people and will probably be in a situation in five, ten years' time when people will see broadband as as valuable a service as as that or water. So uh, that's probably how long it's going to take to actually roll out this contract as well and to get everybody connected. But the government's saying it's an investment, even at the €3 billion price tag, that is worth it. Why have we waited so long for this contract to be signed? Oh, delay after delay. I mean, this has been talked about for absolutely years. Back when they started talking about it, it was only going to cost 500 million euro. And Labour were, were in government looking at these plans. There had been hopes uh, even for that Labour government to get this signed while they were in office, so pre-2016. But there's been a lot of different challenges to it. There have been people pulling out of the bidding process. You've had, for example, the hiving off of around 300,000 homes, many of which were seen as the low-hanging fruit to air in a deal for them to supply them. That took them out of the broadband plan and made it uh, for some less commercially viable or attractive for some of those companies bidding. We then had the independent minister of communication, Dennis Nocton, resigning over meetings that he had with David McCourt, who was head of the Granite and McCourt company that have now set up the, the ultimate contract signee, National Broadband Ireland. And we've had the threats of legal challenges that had to go to Europe for state aid rule approval. So it has been beset by lots of delays over the years. But now at the dotted line has finally been signed. And it interested me to hear them still use the terminology the preferred bidder when there was only one bidder. <laughs> yeah, it was remarkable. It's like saying, you know, my, my preferred loaf of bread is the last one left in the shop. Yeah, um, yeah. Which, and it does raise more questions about the whole process of it. And basically, wondering, did Granite McCourt have the government over a barrel in terms of the price that it would actually give uh, and be given for the contract? Now, as you said, the government are committing its maximum investment of €300 billion. And I've heard some saying they're hoping it'll come in at less, but it's, it's the maximum. Who will own the network on completion? Mm, that is, that, that's a very good question. It won't be the state. Uh, it is going to be the, the company involved is going to actually own that network, uh, probably spread out over the poles around the country, which are operated by EFB, which means rent is going to have to pay, be paid on then. It's estimated that's going to cost about a billion euro over the lifetime of the contract in itself. And it's one of the big bugbears that politicians have had over the last couple of months and indeed still have. The state is putting in €3 billion euro of investment and yet is not going to own this. And there are clauses, I haven't actually seen the contract itself yet, but there are clauses in it that say uh, essentially after 10 years, according to the Labour Party, that this asset could be sold. So there is no guarantee in the future of who will actually own the broadband network itself. And if the government, which is, you know, us, the taxpayer, are putting in the three billion, how much are the company themselves putting in? The company are matching with a, a pretty similar figure. The okay. government reckons about €3 billion Euro is going to be about half of the total cost. 
Uh, Leo Varadkar trying to play down the number of bids yesterday. I mean, in that three billion is built in a contingency fund of about half a billion euro uh, to, I suppose, try and avoid the mistakes that they've had with the National Children's Hospital, where we've seen it spiraling, spiraling, spiraling as there's more claims have been in. So that's that's a bit more of the plan that's gone in. But the company itself is putting in a sizable investment as well. So I suppose the big question for, for our rural based listeners is what is the time frame for households and businesses who are desperately waiting for decent broadband? Yeah, so there's a couple of things that are going to happen that uh, could well help them pretty quickly. There are these things called broadband hubs which are going to be set up. There's 300 of them around the country. I'm not sure how many are actually in Cork, but they are essentially going to be like these communal workspaces where someone can go and get access to, to high-speed broadband for their business without having to go into, say, Cork City or to go to somewhere else that, that, that has it that might be closer to their own home and then they can do their business from there. So, And they're talking about using community, community centres and... It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Community spaces um, so that there is a, an easy access point, I suppose, for people okay. and to build that sense of community and maybe keep more business in rural Ireland that otherwise would have had to relocate somewhere. So that's the stopgap that's going to start getting underway pretty quickly. I think the government said some of them are going to be open before the end of the year. The very first homes are going to start being connected in the new year, probably in around springtime. But the whole process itself could take about seven years to connect every home. So I think really it's going to depend on where exactly you live. If you're in a relatively large estate that's that's not too far for a major city, it might be quite easy to get the broadband to. You could well be connected next year or even in the next six months. If you are in a more rural area, if you are up the side of a mountain, uh, you are going to probably be waiting towards the back end of that. You'd imagine they're going to go for the low-hanging fruit first, but we haven't seen a plan yet from National Broadband Ireland as to who is going to get connected first. So it could be as soon as six months for some people, it could be seven years for others. Some people are asking, what if you don't want it? If you don't want it, you don't have to get it. Yeah. The contract is only, the contract says that every house who wants it can be connected to it and you will have to, I think, put in a request uh, to be connected up. And in the same way that you, the people pay for their TV and broadband now, if you don't want to get the Sky package, you don't have to get the Sky package. Yeah, yeah. But if you want it, it can be connected up to your house. The whole idea is it's going to be there. You have the choice. Ed in Domanway says, Patricia, we're discussing broadband. Can you ask, please, what speed is high-speed broadband? I've always wanted to know that. What? Uh, high-speed broadband, I think it is 150 megasecond is going to be the maximum speed that is going to be from next year but that over time that is going to get faster and uh, within, I can't remember what the time frame is, eventually they foresee with the technology that you will be able to get broadband of up to 500 megs uh, a second. Uh, I'm no broadband expert, I'm no expert in speed, that sounds a lot faster than what I've got at the moment <laughs> but that is what they say the, the max. Okay, and, and and why, you know, some, I read a report in the paper today, some were saying it's a, it was a PR stunt uh, for the by-elections but um, what's the criticism of the contract that was signed yesterday? What's the main crit- political criticism? Well, the two criticisms are it costs too much and that we won't own it. So okay. the, the €3 billion Euro is, is far too much money to be putting into this. It could have been done cheaper. And some other companies who incidentally pulled out of the bidding process in the first place are now saying that they uh, can do it or could do it for cheaper. The government doesn't believe that. They say they're trying to delay it, install it. Um, and 
thinks that this is the most viable way to do it, to also keep the technology relatively up to date. It's easier to update a wire or to provide a better service down a wire than it would be to do, say, remote broadband or wireless connections. Uh, and the other is the fact that they, well, we've talked about already that the state is not going to own this asset. It's not going to be like, for example, some of the motorways where they were built with public-private partnership and the private people get to toll it for however many 30 years, but ultimately it comes back to the state. Uh, this isn't coming back into state ownership. Yeah. Um, one uh, text in. Is it true that AIR is going to get a billion for the use of the polls? Uh, yeah, well, up to a billion. Uh, AIR is probably going to be the uh, the preferred renters. So they're essentially going to have to rent those poles off air to lay the wire and to bring the wire out to, to rural Ireland. So air could be one of the massive beneficiaries in this in that they will be paid the rent for the poles they have, yeah. John and Clonakilty, Patricia on broadband, spending three billion to roll out broadband and not owning it after when it's all finished. Who agreed to that? Were they punch drunk at the time? It's like building a house with your own money and the builder owning it at the end of the day. We're a crazy nation, says John in Clonakilty. All right, okay, Sean, we leave it there. Listen, thank you for that. I know you've been very busy today and we appreciate you taking time out to talk to us on the programme. Thank uh, you. Good afternoon to you. Bye-bye. That is our political correspondent, Sean Defoe. Anthony says broadband has to be beneficial. Just that as it takes so long before it's completed, there'll be many changes in technology long before some homes will actually get it. Yeah, listening to Sean, it'll take up to seven years for the country to for rural areas to fully have it. So Anthony's point is in seven years will the technology have changed so will they put in something that will be outdated technology it also it will all depend on the uptake by people to fund it so there are gambles involved says Anthony and Mag says Nero fiddled while Rome burned broadband versus hospitals versus people who are homeless uh, Mag's not happy to hear that it's, it's the three billion it's the amount that is being spent and I couldn't remember and I was glad that Sean remembered it when we first started talking about a national broadband plan many years ago as Sean said when Labour were in government it was 500 million it was half a billion euro was going to be the estimated cost of rolling out this national broadband plan and at the time people were critical saying that's a lot of money for broadband a lot of money and others were saying no it'll be worth it because it'll generate business in rural areas and you know urban areas have it big cities have broadband why can't people living in rural areas have it and I was one of the greatest advocates of saying yeah if you can have something in Dublin why can't we have it in rural parts of uh, County Cork so I was all in favour and even though half a billion seemed like a lot of money and suddenly now we're up to and have signed off and it feels like we've handed over the crown jewels almost doesn't it we've we're going to hand over three billion to this company. Now they put in three billion as well, and, and they will do the work. And you know, and please God, they'll, they'll get out on three billion, and three billion of their own money in. But you think at the end of it, we won't own the network? Just doesn't. I can see why there's criticism of it. I mean, there's already criticism of the cost, but the fact that at the end of it, we won't own the network. Just. Mm. Bitter pill to swallow, I have to say. Bitter pill to swallow. 1853. And by the way, I'm, when, I'm crit- when I'm 
conscious of criticising it. I'm very conscious of people living in rural areas who are saying, bite your tongue, Patricia. We need this broadband. We need it now. No criticism, please. Get it up and running and then let people criticise us. But as of now, we need to have this broadband put in place. I'm very aware of those people as well. 1850 John Paul has taken your cause. Text or WhatsApp 0862 Get weekly news, event updates and community information from across Cork with our regional reports on c103.ie. From Bantry to Buttevant to Hallow to Dunmanway and every area in between. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky, smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com code SUMMER. We've got it covered. To listen, go to c103.ie and click Regional Reports or download the C103 app and click Podcasts. Regional Reports, only on C103. This is the Court Today replay on C103.
Regular listeners to this programme will know that I am a big, big advocate for shopping locally, especially in the run-up to Christmas. So, with less than a little over a week to go to Black Friday, a day that in recent years has seen a lot of money spent online, we find out about a grassroots movement encouraging consumers to go green on Black Friday. And joining me with details, one of the Cork duo behind the movement, and that's Bronwyn Connolly. Good afternoon to you, Bronwyn. Good afternoon, Patricia. How I, are you? I'm very, I'm very good, and you're very welcome to the program. You started this Green Friday campaign last year. Just explain we, why. Um, we did indeed. Yeah, we we started it because we felt that Black Friday as a sales concept doesn't really work for small businesses, Patricia. You know, and particularly those involved in artisan production and craft side of things, which is what we promote. Um, and as well as that, like the environmental impact of it. You know, it's mass consumerism around Black Friday. We've been, you know, constantly pushed into buying things that we don't particularly need. So, you know, we just kind of wanted to create a movement that was, you know, more supportive of small businesses and that would raise awareness around sustainable and ethical shopping choices and bring communities together in kind of a more wholesome and supportive way. So the, the idea is, is to connect with the small independent local businesses that you live nearby. That's it, exactly, yeah. So we're asking people to go out and not even buy things, Patricia, but just go out and, and go into your local community and celebrate the small, little, unique shops and, you know, down to your local butcher or, you know, your local craft shop or whatever and just support them, you know, and show them that, you're, you know, you're grateful for them being there because they add so much to our local communities. And, um, you know, just, just celebrate them. And even a small proportion of your spend abroad, Robin, can make a huge difference, can't it, to a small business? A massive difference. Like the statistics are, Patricia, that if every 10 euro spent locally on Irish products, it generates more than 40 euro of benefit to the local community in terms of employment. That's incredible, isn't it? For, for, for one ten euro spend, and I'm I'm uh, you know regular listeners will know I'm always banging on about this. I'm always on about you know, and I can understand why people go online and they want to get bargains and they don't have enough money and all of that. But it's it's this whole idea of spreading, putting you know, if you want to continue shopping online, fine, but just take some of your spend and spend it locally. I mean, on the middle of the week when you run out of milk and you need to have your corner shop, your online store is not going to be delivering your milk to you. Exactly. You, you know what I mean? Yes. When you, we need these local businesses, and the and the the other thing I always notice about local businesses, they're great to support communities. You know, if there's fundraisers going on, for example, massive. And again, Patricia, there's a big stat there um, that non-profit organisations receive. Uh, on average, 250% more support from smaller business owners than they do from large businesses, you know. so That doesn't surprise me. It's it's massive, you know, and shopping locally, it really keeps the community unique and all these little one-of-a-kind businesses, you know, they, they really help the distinct distinctive character of our hometowns and little communities and they then help lead to stronger local identity and attract more tourism and, you know, when you know, when you're buying locally, you know exactly what you're getting and who you're getting it from as well. Yeah, and it's, it always is frustrating when people start giving out when a small business closes down and when you push them to say, well, did when were you last in that shop or I went there last year? You know, it's, it's, it, there's a use it or lose it element to this as well. There is, absolutely. And I mean, again, there's, there's a big environmental um, aspect to it as well, Patricia. You know, that shopping local, you know, would reduce your carbon footprint and Good point. it requires less transportation, less packaging in terms of food, you know, a lot of local food it's grown and sourced locally so that reduces your food miles and 
you know, it's, it, there are significant factors in reducing our carbon emissions and greenhouse gases, and we need to be really mindful of that. And I suppose we saw a lot of that last week on RTE and the Climate Week and things like yeah. that. And this is a tiny little thing that we can do. And I think often people feel a little bit helpless going, oh, my God, it's, you know, what can we do? Shopping local is one thing that you can do every day that's going to be a big, big help. Well done, well done. And local businesses, are they organising their own little events? I mean, as you say, they can't compete. They can't do 50% off sales. Because they just wouldn't be able to do it. But they can do other little events. Exactly. And I mean, we're really actually encouraging people not to do discounts, but we're trying to move away from this mad discount culture and to do events like invite people into your store. You know, a lot of people are hosting pop-ups with crafters. Ourselves in our store in Wild Design, we're going to plant a tree for every purchase made on Friday. And on Saturday and Sunday, we're going to have crafters in where you can meet and greet and get some personalised items, customised there and then by the crafter. Well done. And uh, how successful, this is your second year, you kicked it off last year. How successful was it? It was very successful. I mean, we actually started it three years ago, just a tiny, tiny little thing in, in our own shop, Wild Design. And, you know, the customers were really happy with it and there was great feedback. And then last year we, we launched a big campaign with over 140 businesses on board and people absolutely loved it. And this year it has grown significantly. Brilliant. We've got over 2,000 followers on Facebook. Even the big brands are adopting it, which is fantastic. So, you know, you see the Kilkenny group at the moment and they're bringing in crafters into their stores and not doing the whole discount side of it and a lot of smaller stores are adopting it so and communities are doing it as well Patricia so local schools and groups are doing tree planting days so it's it's amazing you know it's a real wholesome um, and sustainable movement Good on you Good on you and so one of our listeners is pointing out well done uh, on this Going Green uh, campaign it's what we all need to do is shop local there's another point if you have a problem your shop is only down the road to sort it out then, as opposed to buying something online, that's a good point as well. That is a good point, and of course, all of these local businesses, many of them are are giving employment uh, to the area as well. Tell me about your own business, uh, Wild Wild Design, um, Bronwyn. Yes, yep. So we're Wild Design Collective. We have two stores, Patricia. So one in Cork in Paul Street Shopping Centre, and we just launched into Killarney in May. So we are a, a craft collective. Uh, we support over 50 Irish makers. And we're very proud of the fact that 97% of our product is made in Ireland. Well done. Um, and yeah, we're, we're online. Uh, we don't have a huge online presence, but we're working on it. We're very much kind of trying to stick with our stores and create a real nice customer experience, you know, for, for the customers who like to potter around. And people still really do like to potter around you know, and go into their local stores and find out who made the product. And we see a lot of that in our stores. And what type of crafts have you on sale? We have we have a wide range. We have some jewellery, we have homeware, we have candles, um, we have some beautiful scarves. We've got stationery. We've got a lovely selection. Well we're very we're very gift orientated. And how long are you there? We are there. We're in post for two years, and I actually took up the, over the business for my mum. She was there for twenty three years at the candle shop. So, ah, was, I was just going to say, is it that gorgeous candle shop? There's a beautiful smell when you walk by. <laughs> yeah, that's, I know that's, as well. I know as well. I know as well. Do you must so, be? You'd be very busy now this time of year, coming up to Christmas. Yeah, this is really our season, you know, which is which is great. Um, we, we have a lovely customer base, you know, that, that have stuck with us. Um, so, you know, they're mum's customers and they've transitioned with us. And, and again, you know, that's bringing back the kind of the local that people come in and they're like, oh, how's Mary? And there's a real connection there to the people. And, you know, we know our customers by name and we can have the chat with them. So it's very positive. It's terrific. Terrific. Long may I continue and good luck to you uh, with your, your the turning Black Friday into Green Friday it's, it's a fantastic initiative uh, Bronwyn and we're glad to do our bit by chatting with you today so thank you for that and thanks for joining us
Thank you very much, Patricia. And we just have a website if people want to find out more about Green Friday. It's okay. GreenFridayIreland.org. GreenFridayIreland.org. Thanks for that, Bronwyn. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Bye bye. That is Bronwyn Connolly of Wild Design uh, Collective. Green uh, Friday campaign. If we can all just think about it, it's just a small amount. We're not asking, um, the campaign is not asking you to switch everything over. It's just a very small amount, but those small little businesses can't possibly commit compete with the big discounted uh, stores. Uh, somebody says a good idea to shop it is a good idea to shop locally but some of the local shops are simply too expensive uh, pe- people are not fools says this texter well that's what I'm saying you know we're not saying they, and the campaign is not saying you got to buy everything in your local store but if you could just transfer if you have if you're going out to spend 100 euro if 10 euro of it could be spent locally I think that statistic for every 10 euro we spend in a local economy it brings back 40 euro I mean that's a that's a fantastic statistic and it is in the area where you live and work and where you're there all year round. It's just important that we keep those businesses going. I can see a number of texts coming in about broadband. Hi Patricia. Broadband, how are you? Air can't even get me a phone signal, says Finbar. Uh, he is just outside rural area of uh, Bantry so he's not taking great hope from the broadband. Someone says, hi Patricia, how much will it cost per household every month? Air have fibre broadband in our area and I would guess about two out of every 10 are taking it. It's 60 euro a month, says this texter. It is simply too expensive. Now the texter says more money for the taxpayer. This is the three billion that's going to be spent on the broadband. ESB, gas, food will all go up in price because they're going to have to make the money somewhere. Calls into the programme on this, James and Brewery. It stinks to think that one company, one man, will own everything at the end of the broadband programme. They will own the entire broadband network. They need an expert group of people in to deal with this future as all, or they will need to deal with this in the future as all of the politicians were too close to the businessmen involved. It is embarrassing, said James Inbury. Noel said, will it come out later that this infrastructure will be dumped by the time it's rolled out? Because it is going to take seven years to roll it out completely. It'll be out of date. The money's spent. And there'll be no broadband. It'll be a little bit like the electronic voting machines. Oh God, that's a dirty word, Noel. Don't be mentioning that. Marie, thank you for your call. Marie and Charleville, it's not right to have one company own the entire state infrastructure after all the work is done. It's like something out of the 80s that you would have heard being announced by Charlie Hawhey. And Michael in Silver Springs again today. Our electricity has gone. ESB are working on the lines for the broadband. I think it's the wrong ESB networks are using their elect. I think it is wrong that ESB networks are using electricity infrastructure for this and people have to suffer with no electricity. There are elderly people listening to this programme in the Silver Springs area, says Michael, who are listening without heat because the power is gone all because the ESB networks are putting down their broadband, their fibre optic cables. 1850-333-103 and a quick text in saying, Patricia, where is the guard that slot. Uh, where's the garden slot? Um, Peter Dowden not available to us uh, this week but he'll be back with us and he promises he'll be with us next week to answer all of your questions. Hi, Nick Richards here from C103's Afternoon Show. Santa's on his way and he wants to talk to court kids. Ho, ho, ho! ho, ho, ho. I just can't wait to talk to you all on Cork's greatest hits, C103. The countdown to the big day 
is on, so don't miss your chance to talk to the big man himself. It's so easy. Simply go to c103.ie and fill out the special entry form for your chance to get a Christmas call from Santa. With World of Wonder, Blackpool and Mallow. For toys that spark imagination and joy. Worldofwonder.ie Get ready for Santa's Christmas calls. I could be talking to you with Nick Richards in the afternoon only on C103. Thank you, Nick and Santa. They jumped in a bit too quick there on me. That was uh, before that. It was uh, Whitney Houston and Kaiga uh, with Higher Love. Before we go, Fibre Broadband says a texter is on my road. I have 150 megabytes and landline with free calls to landlines in Ireland or for 60 euro a month. Very happy rural person, says this texter. And that's to somebody who's given out about fibre broadband being put down in the Silver Springs area today. It'll benefit a lot of people in your area, I think, is the message. OK, that's where I leave you for today. My thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing. Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon and we're back with you again tomorrow. And we have more Diana Ross tickets uh, to give away. Your chance to win Diana Ross live at the Marquee here tomorrow from 10. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.